Amen. I want to talk to you today about three, the threefold focus of receiving faith. The threefold focus of receiving faith. You've got to begin to use the faith you have to get the faith you need. I'm going to say that loud and clear today. Everybody in this room has faith. How many are saved today? You know how you got saved? Amen. Amen. You received that gift by faith. By grace you are saved. God provides the grace to offer you the gift of salvation. By grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. But it's only received through faith. You have to repent of your sin. Amen. It's a necessary part of being saved. But when you come to Christ and you receive Him as your Savior, repenting of your sin, you receive the gift of salvation. So it's received by faith. By grace, God provides the grace. Remember Israel, ancient Israel? Remember when the death angel came in the land when they were held captive? They were told to get a lamb out of their flock, one without spot or blemish, to slay that lamb, to take the blood from the lamb, and to put it on the doorpost of their house so that the threshold is saturated because if you, if you, you do painting, if you, if you took a weed that is very thick and instead of a paintbrush, one of those that is, you know, doesn't drip very easy. The cheap ones drip. The expensive ones don't drip as much. And you take and you put that, usually hyssop they used, and you dip that weed in the blood of that lamb and you put it on both sides of the doorpost and the top. What's going to happen to what you put on the top? It's going to drip down upon the threshold. So that every part of the entrance to that house is blood-stained. It's blood-stained. The lamb provides the blood. The lamb provides the blood. But they had to do an act of faith according to the word of God to apply the blood. It would do no good to slay the lamb and not apply the blood. Because the lamb slain didn't save them without applying the blood. Do you hear what I'm saying? Universalism says that because he died on the cross, everyone's going to be saved regardless of whether they apply the blood or not. That's breaking the type. That can't be verified scripture. In fact, scripture goes completely against that. But there are segments of so-called Christian teachers that believe that and teach that today. Because they want to find some way for the sinner to get saved without applying the blood of Jesus and repenting of their sin. By the way, if you don't repent of your sin, you can't apply the blood. Because it was shed for sinners. And, and if we're denying our sin and wanting to continue in our sin and not wanting to be forgiven of sin and delivered from sin's reigning power, you can't be sinlessly perfect. But the Bible said, let not sin reign in your life. It can't be the ruling part of your life. The devil can't be your master if you come to Christ as your Lord. Can you say, man, you have to change masters 
in order for the blood to be applied to your life. Walk in the light as He is in the light. And look, the blood has a continual effect. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus will have a continual cleansing effect in your life and in mine. So the Lamb supplied the blood, but it had to be applied by faith. And if there was a family that didn't apply it, the fact that the Lamb had been slain and the blood had been spilled would have not kept the death angel from that home. Can you say amen? So everyone in this room has to apply. By faith, what God has supplied by grace. Can you say amen? God in His grace and mercy has supplied everything in Christ. He has placed everything that pertains to life and godliness. God is a God of abundant supply. Amen. But we have to grow in our faith to apply what God has supplied. I'm convinced salvation has been supplied through the blood of Jesus. But many are going to be lost according to Christ's own words. Straight is the way. Narrow is the way. Straight is the gate that leads to life. And few there be that find it. Amen. But wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. And it isn't because God hasn't supplied the grace. And Christ supplied His own blood. And that's why the Bible said the judgment is going to be so severe. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as this? It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of of the living God. In other words, to face Him as our judge and not as our Savior. Amen? And Paul, knowing that, he said, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, knowing how terrifying, beyond description, is going to be to stand in the presence of God who gave His Son and in the presence of Christ who gave His life. And know that He supplied the means of grace and the means of forgiveness and the means of salvation. And we chose darkness over light and, de- and the devil over Christ. That's going to be a horrifying day. So everything He supplies by grace, we have to apply by faith. Amen. Say that with me. Everything He supplies by grace, we have to apply by faith. By grace, you are saved just because of grace? No. Because you've applied what grace has supplied. And when the blood is applied, when I see the blood applied, when I see it, I will, if I ever, ever lose my voice and I can't speak, I'm going to have Willie interpret for me. Because he's right on top of what I'm saying. He's doing the motions that I would do. Amen. I'm going to say, God supplies. And he's going to say, Amen. Hallelujah. He would be a good interpreter. Hallelujah. Amen. God supplies. We apply. And that's why without faith, according to Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please God. Amen. For they that come to God must believe. That He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Literally seek Him out. 
And so much of God's supply is not being applied. So much is not being applied. How do you know? In all of our lives, you can gauge that. What, how many prayers are being answered? How much? Where's the? If we had a needle that would show victory in our life, you know, where would the needle go? Amen. Where would it land? Amen. Where's the songs of Zion? Where's the songs of joy? Where's the, where's the enthusiasm, the holy anticipation? Where's, where's this head knowledge become something we apply? Not something we know in our head, something we apply in our life. By grace you are saved, by grace you are healed, by grace you are delivered through faith. It, it's the same formula no matter what the need is. The greatest of all miracles and needs is salvation. But every need and every miracle is based on the same principle. God by grace supplies. We by faith apply what He has supplied. That's why He told people that were down and out and depressed living in the wilderness when they were told to go into the promised land. Other tribes had already went into the promised land, but there was always a tribe that was sitting back. Amen. Sitting on the premises instead of standing on the promises. Living in the wilderness when they were called and commissioned to take the land by faith. And there they sat. And so Joshua goes over to them because several of the tribes have crossed over Jordan and they found out when they crossed over Jordan, God gave them the walled cities and God gave them the armies and God gave them land. But these people are still sitting over here and they're feeling like they're God's forsaken. You know, they're just sitting there. And he says, how long will you be slack to go over and possess the land that the Lord thy God hath given thee. How long would you be slack to go over and possess the land? Amen. What God has supplied, we possess by faith. And if we don't have faith and don't use the faith that we have, then we don't possess what God has supplied, and we sit around wondering why God won't bless us, and why God hadn't helped us. And while that person received and this person don't, and after a while, we begin to question God Himself and His faithfulness. And the devil is counting on you and I, questioning God's faithfulness. Because God can't honor that kind of doubt. And God can't honor that kind of unbelief. In fact, we're told to be cautioned, beware, lest there be in any of you, Paul said, an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living. This is not backsliding, going back into sin. This is quit trusting God as your source in departing from the living God. He said if you depart from Him, you're going to be like they were. You will fail to enter into His rest. Amen. They could have entered into... What is His rest? It's that place where God has called you to be and it's a place you go by faith and that you rest assured in that place you will have God's provision. You will have God's blessing. He will be with you. He will bring you into the land. He will bless you in the land. He will protect and provide for you in the land. But you have to possess the land by faith. Amen. And then Paul went on to say in the same chapter, the same verses, he said, he said they had the gospel preached unto them, 
There's the serpent raised up. There's the, the bitter waters. But it took the wood, a man representing the cross, to turn the bitter waters sweet and not be poisoned by them. They had the water out of a rock. The Bible said that was a type of Jesus. Amen. When that water came out of a rock, it was not an insignificant miracle, but it was a type of Christ Himself. Hallelujah. That would be smitten so that we could drink living water in a dry and thirsty land. Can you say amen? That rock that followed them was Christ, the Bible said in the New Testament. So they had the gospel in type and foreshadow preached unto them just like we have it. Preached not in type and foreshadow, but in its fullness and in its reality. But it did not, listen carefully, it did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. God supplies it. By grace. We apply it and receive it by faith. By grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has supplied so much. I like the way Brother Shambot puts it. He's a Shambot fan right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. He used to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Instead of saying, uh, he, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, w- he would say, the Lord is my shepherd. He's all I want. Because every need is met in Him. God hath. Here's that supply. God hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Anything you need to please God has been given us in Christ. Godliness. To live righteously and godly before the Lord. In Christ is everything that we need to live that life that pleases God and obtains His favor. Hallelujah. And not only that, but everything we need in life itself. Every possible circumstance that could arise in our faulty bodies, in a fallen world, He has provided in Christ already. God has supplied our needs. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said, My God shall supply all of your need in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? He said He will because He knew that He had all things. Some of us need joy. It's been provided in the presence of God for you and I. But if you never enter into the presence of God, if you put on your earbuds and you listen to some secular song all week long, and you watch on YouTube some secular whatever all week long, and you watch some movie on television that's secular, worldly, all week long, it's not all sin, but you know when it becomes sin? When it excludes God. When it excludes Christ. When it blinds you to that that you need to see looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Can you say man? You have to, you have to choose what you hear, what you see. Take heed how you hear, the Bible said. Everybody in this room needs a Holy Ghost filter. There's some things that come... There's even teachings you need to turn off on the Christian channel. I'm serious. There's some stuff over there that's unbiblical. It's not right. And you need to get away from it. Can you say, man? Oh, but Brother Venable, he's got this big church. Listen, if the blind lead the blind, everybody goes in the ditch. It don't matter how many blind people follow the blind man. A hundred thousand blind people following a blind man don't make him right. He's still blind. They're blind. They all go into the ditch together. 
Amen. Wake up, church. Can you say amen? Strong meat is not for everybody. Strong meat is necessary, though, to overcome the enemy of your soul. You can't grow old and never grow up. Can you say amen? And many people have grown old in church, but they've never grown up in God. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. That by reason of the exercise of their senses are able to discern good and evil. And you say, oh man, I, I know that. Good is white and evil is dark. Oh, good is the guy in the white hat on the white horse. And evil is the guy with the black hat on the black horse. Oh no, good good is angels with glowing uh, glowing skin and great white wings oh but bad is a, is a devil with a forked tail and a pitchfork and horns and he's red and he's ugly no the bible said in no marvel if satan himself be transformed as an angel of light now what do you do he looked like an angel he looks just like a beautiful Pure, spotless, holy angel. And you don't know the difference by how he appears or manifests until he opens his mouth. Because even if an angel, an angel, an angel brings you another gospel, let him be anathema. Let him be cursed of God. He's bringing something that will damn souls, making them think that they're saved. And that's, that is going to be one of the biggest issues when we stand before a holy God. Many will, many, and that's disconcerting to me. Many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we've done mighty works in your name and we've cast out devils in your name. He didn't question either of those statements. He did not tell them you're lying. You didn't do any of that. Here's what he said. And by the way, you're not going to answer to your denominational presbytery. People are holy. They call it a holy conclave. It's anything but holy. They're getting together and decide what portions of the Bible to keep in and what portions of the Bible to take out. And they're making decisions that whole denominations are going along with. Amen. Whole denominations are going along with it. Picking in, at the Bible. Man, you, you, you can mess with a lot of things. But you can't mess with the Word of God. I mean, you can, but there are consequences. Not only the immediate consequences of, of being blinded by the enemy, but the consequences that come hereafter when we stand before a holy God. Here's what it says in the book of Revelation. Whoever takes from the prophecies of this book, and, and I believe it's in chronological order as God wanted it, and I believe the book of Revelation was meant to be the last book, but I believe it's not just talking about that section of Scripture, but the Bible in its entirety, and there's Scriptures to support that in its wholeness. Thou shalt not add to, thou shalt not take from. He said it's not going to change not one jot or tittle. And to put it in plain 
plain language, not one period and not one comma. We're not even talking about the whole phrase or the whole word. He said even the, even the dots and the commas are, are to be kept right where God put them. Can you say, man? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's why the Word of God can be trusted. That's why we can stand on it. That's why it has to be our compass. That's why we need to know it so well that we can discern. We may not know how to explain it, but there's something inside that raises a big red flag. We're listening to a teaching. We're seeing thousands of people in an audience saying amen, and but something is saying that doesn't resonate. It doesn't sound right. I'm going to have to go to the Word of God and check it out for myself. Can you say amen? And what we, that's what happens when you grow up. My son was telling me about a film that's out, and he was telling me some elements of it, and it's supposed to be Christian and, and have a Christian theme. And as he was telling me, I said, Son, you know, you know your daddy knows the Word of God. And you know, even if it's a good film, even if it's done well, even if it's wonderful, but it comes to that point of salvation and it doesn't clearly define how to be saved. It is not an evangelistic tool. (laughs) But come on. And when I see something wrong, dear Lord, they made a Noah uh, and some kind of rock animal things. I didn't look at it. My son just told me. I said, how crazy is that? Did you know they made a Noah before that? Way back they had a mini-series called Noah. And I came to work. That's when I was bivocational. I came to work. I came into the break room where most of my preaching was done without trying because they would ask me questions. Amen. I came into the break room and said, What did you think about that, that mini-series on TV? Have you seen it? Called Noah. I said, I saw, I saw a little bit of it and turned it off. Because instead of Noah finding grace in the eyes of the Lord... God is supposed to have said to Noah, because these people don't know the Bible, and if they try to get somebody to advise them, they get somebody with a they get somebody from the history channel that don't know Jesus from Adam's house cat. Can you say, man? Honestly, they don't know what they're talking. They're not students of scripture. They're professor so and so. Got so many degrees they call him Professor Fahrenheit. Can you say, man? And so God looks down and he said, he said, you know, Noah, you, you amuse me. You amuse me. And because you amuse me, I'm going to deliver you. I'm not going to kill you like everybody else. Cause, cause I have a lot of fun out of you. You amuse me. No, he didn't amuse him. God loved and love provides grace. Hallelujah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. So take away the God of love and put this arbitrary God that says, I'll kill all these people but because you amuse me. Well, let me put on a clown outfit then. Let me get a big red nose and let me get shoes out to here and let me have a little horn like Clarabelle and run around and honk and honk and, and do a little dance before the Lord so He'll deliver me. No, that's not the God of the Bible. That's not the Bible narrative. That's not the Bible story. These people don't, I said they don't know God any more than they'd know Adam's house cat. They wouldn't know the difference. But when you know the Lord, and you know the narrative, and you know the Word of God, amen, you say, you know something? That's ridiculous. Or as Shrek said, that's ridiculous. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 
amazing that most of the false teachers today have Christians with Bibles giving them their position to have influence. And if the Christians with Bibles had grown up to where they could discern good from evil, even when good, even when evil parades itself as good. Pentecostals have been vulnerable to spirits that were not holy and done things in the name of the Holy Spirit that some other spirit, because they couldn't tell the difference between a liver shiver from God and some kind of any kind of supernatural manifestation, it must be God. Honey, this world out here is full of beings and entities and angels, good and evil. And the world today is full of preachers. Some of them are preachers of righteousness in their appearance. The Bible said, no marvel. Why no marvel that Satan himself would be transformed as an angel of light and his ministers as ministers of righteousness? Because before he fell, he was a high-ranking angel that ministered in the presence of God. He has no problem mimicking true angels of God because he was one before the fall. And he was so beautiful. See, you get that? The ugly was his inside. But his outside at that point was so very beautiful. The Bible said that he was a leader of praise and worship in heaven. That he walked in those coals that are in the very presence of the throne of God. And his name was positive and powerful before the fall. Everybody say Lucifer. You know, that don't mean devil. It's applied to the devil, but it didn't mean devil in the Hebrew. It's what he was before the fall. Lucifer was his name. And it's a good name if he, if he hadn't been named it. Now, if I had a pit bull... I might name him Lucifer if he was a mean pit bull. You remember the sign that a few years ago, you know, this house protected by a pit bull with AIDS. Amen. It just, just to keep you from getting bit. But he don't have to have AIDS. If, if he bites you, he can hurt you if he wanted to. Lucifer, you know what it means? Light bearer. Light bearer. Say it with me. Light bearer. And by reason of his what? His ugliness. and No, by reason of his beauty, he was lifted up. And the Bible said when he was created to be this high-ranking archangel, that pipes were in him. That's an amazing thing that somehow in his celestial body, he, could, it was like an, he was like an instrument himself. When he praised God, these pipes... Played the praises to accompany him. He had his. He was a one man band. Amen. Seriously, I know it, it sounds funny, but this is the reality. He knew how to worship. He knew he was. He knew God, and by reason of his beauty, he was lifted up. And he said, "I will be like the Most High. I'm not satisfied to be an angel giving praise to Him with a high rank. I want to be Him. I want to put." My throne above His throne. 
The Bible said, no, you won't. You're going to be cast down to the earth. But he was so persuasive. And that's why we need to grow up and be discerning people. If angels in the, that knew God, created by God, having only lived in the presence of God, could be seduced by this one to follow him in a rebellion in heaven. You and I are not good enough without the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. You're not smart enough. You're not intelligent. And, and I'm not just talking about a theological degree in Scripture. I'm talking about a spiritual understanding. The Bible said the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. But he that is within you. This is not about power and power struggling. This is about deception and truth struggling. Truth will always win. If you know the truth, then apply the truth. For when you know the truth, it'll set you free. In fact, and how do you know the truth? If you continue, John chapter 8, 30 and 31, if you continue in my word, boy, I, have, I'm, I'm, I come up in Pentecost. I know that people would rather be in a, in a prophecy line to get a prophecy to have hands laid on them to get a healing or to fall out under the power. I, I, they would rather have a Jericho march than a Bible study. They never saw the value. The people I was around never saw the value of a Bible study. In fact, the greatest, and I understand, I understand what they meant. Boy, you should have been at church this morning. If, if the glory comes down and I can't preach and people just get saved and healed all over the building, that's fine with me. Amen. But the glory won't always come down to where the teacher can't teach and the preacher can't preach. Amen. Because we can't grow and we can't become discerning without understanding and applying the Word of God. Hallelujah. And now more than ever, my grandpa, my grandmother, they would not believe what the church has become. Not just what the world has become. They wouldn't believe what the church has become. And how many that name the name of Jesus has went the way of the world and things that God call an abomination are not only embraced, but applauded by those who should be saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Can you say man? How we need people today that will speak as an oracle of God and not just a hired speaker Amen. To try to please everybody. But we'll speak with God's authority. I don't want nobody. Listen, if I go to a doctor and I've been having headaches and they give me an MRI and they find a brain tumor, I do not want him to say, you know, I hate to, I hate to bring him down. I really don't want to upset him. He's planning, he's planning a cruise to the Holy Land. Well, I don't know if you can go a cruise. He's planning to fly to, he's going to take a cruise like Brother Taylor. Like a big shot. Amen. <laughs> well, he, was a, he is a big shot. Amen. I want him to tell me what's wrong with me. And if I need immediate surgery to save my life, I want him to be open. I don't want him to give me a placebo. I don't want him to give me an aspirin and say, go home and take two aspirins. 
And when you get back from your cruise, knowing that by the time I get back from the cruise, it'll be so advanced it's inoperable. I want a doctor to be straight with me. I want him to tell me the truth. Because if he doesn't, it puts me in jeopardy. I may not like what he has to say, but I want him to say it. And say it loud. And say it clear. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And it's the same way with my soul. Which is so much more important than my physical body. I don't want nobody to try to pacify me on Sunday morning. I want somebody to tell me what the Word of God says. I'm not going to answer to that man. That denomination. That evangelist. I'm going to stand before a holy God that has supplied His Word. And protected His Word. And preserved His Word. And the least we can do is proclaim His word can you say man as it is written glory to god oh my mama i feel his good pleasure today Woo! sometimes i say things i feel god's hand right on me saying son hallelujah that's what i've called you to do that's why you're still alive that's why you're still in the pulpit can you say man it's not to compete it's not to compare with anybody else it's simply to tell the truth and if people don't come to hear it that's not your problem son it's getting hot up in here Just like Brother Larkin. Hey, get rid of that coat. I'm going to get rid of this tie in a minute. God has supplied it all. He supplied it word. We've got to apply the word. So if you go to some of the churches we used to condemn, the Sunday school plant is bigger than the sanctuary. Someone said, if you want to see how popular church is, go to the Sunday morning service. You're going to see how spiritual it is. Come back on Sunday night. Sunday morning service of a particular church in Lakeland runs 700. It's a good turnout. Pentecostal all the way back to its origin. 700 believers Sunday morning. 70 on Sunday night. Cuts the crowd down. How can I go to church when I've got to gear up for the walking dead? <laughs> Honey, go to church and you'll get a good look at the walking dead. Why did sepulchers Jesus call the religious crowd of his day? White on the outside. A sepulcher is a tomb that they put dead men in. Yeah. It's white on the outside. It looks so bright and beautiful, but when you look inside, it's full of dead men's bones. Told the church in the book of Revelation, Thou hast a name that liveth. Oh, that you could live up to the name. Can you say, man? Oh, that we could all live up to the name. Thou hast a name that liveth, but thou art dead amen you say i'm rich laodicea increased with goods and that's how we that's how we tell how godly and righteous and how much of god's favor it's all the material it's the material it's the material 
It's the material. A preacher has passed away the last week or so that materially, he drove a $350,000 automobile. He lived in a house with six bedrooms and nine bathrooms. I think somebody needed Keopectate. If you can't be that far from a bathroom. I mean, honestly, nine bathrooms in a six-bedroom home. I mean, I understand two, three, nine bathrooms. Yeah. Who, who's that multimillionaire that eats a two ninety nine breakfast in the morning? William Buffett. Multimillionaire eating a two ninety nine breakfast. That's what he likes. That's what he eats. He doesn't have to show anybody anything. Amen. God is so good today. You know what would have been more important than the silver and gold that had been acquired? A relationship with God. So a miracle could happen and deliverance could come. And so a man wouldn't be dead at 63 years of age from the disease that ravaged his body. Amen. Come on, this is more important than silver or gold. This is no time to go after silver and gold. This is a time to receive the mantle that God has available to his servants and to his people. Hallelujah. 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 So, so Elijah says... Elijah says to, to his servant, Elisha, if you're with me when they take me up, then you can have what you're asking for, a double portion of the anointing. I'm told that he did twice the miracles biblically than Elijah. I don't know about that. I, all I know is he received what he asked for because he sought it. And he sought the right thing. He had the right priorities. He wanted. He knew God's going to take the man. As we said last week. But he is not going to take the mantle. He doesn't wrap it all up in one person. And say nobody else can have it. There is a transference. Amen. Hallelujah. You shall receive power. You know what the Holy Ghost was? Jesus mantle. Because that's how he started his public ministry. Amen. John baptized him. What happened? A dove came out of heaven. Hallelujah. And a voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Bible said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Everybody say his mantle. Hallelujah. Who went about doing good, delivering all that were oppressed of the devil. Can you say amen? But he had a mantle to operate in. And he said something striking and challenging to the modern day church of his day. Amen. That, that, that he said literally, the works that I do, you shall do can you say man because i'm going to the father but when i go if i don't go away my mantle can't come on anybody amen and what i did is going to stop when i go but it isn't going to stop when i go in fact i've got to go for it to come on those who will receive it can you say man but if i go to my father i will send the comforter oh and don't look for that patchwork quilt to wrap up in Hallelujah. The word is paraclete. And it means one that operates in behalf of another. 
in the sense of conviction, in the sense of compassion. He stands in the gap. He makes up the hedge for us. Hallelujah. He pleads our case. But He also is here to empower us to do the work of God down here. This gospel was never came in word only. There's no theological seminary that can teach you enough in the word to take the place of the power of God. Can you say amen? You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me through the power that's resting upon you, moving through you in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. You're not a witness unto Jesus just because you don't drink and don't chew and don't go with the girls that do. It's the power of God in your life. When people see that your God answers prayer, your God is a delivering God, your God brings you through, your God moves in behalf of His people, they sit up and take notice. How did God confirm Jesus? By power. Are you here? Should we look for another? This is too important for me to declare unless I'm absolutely sure that you're the Messiah. He asked the disciples, go ask Him. I want Him to be very clear so I can be very clear. He said, go tell Him the blind see. Go tell Him the lame walk. Go tell Him the deaf hear. And He'll know it's me. Can you say man? Hallelujah. 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 He didn't just say, go tell Him because I said so. God confirmed it with signs and wonders and miracles. Hallelujah! 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 The church has lived on a name that did not represent a life. Hallelujah! That represented the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah! Glory be to God. Hallelujah! Amen. Why pray for anybody if there's no power and no presence? Why bother praying for the building fund? In Dallas, Texas, Baptist Theological Seminary. Is it Fuller? Baptist Theological Seminary in Dallas, Texas. John Wolverd was the president of that Bible school. You'd be amazed how many people use what God has supplied in terms of faith and receive. You would think that some of these people that don't jump and shout and run and holler could get a prayer answered. I know people jump and shout and run and holler and still don't get a prayer answered. Because this is a matter of faith. This is not a matter of feeling. I've seen people fall out in the Spirit and get up bound. Fall out in the Spirit and get up sick. God's presence is so overwhelming that they couldn't stand under the presence of God. But without faith... It's impossible to please God, for they that come to God must fall out and dance. And No, they that come to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Can you say, man? And faith doesn't cometh by falling outeth. Amen? 
Faith doesn't cometh by falleneth outeth. Elizabethan English. Not bad, huh? Not good either. Okay, honest woman. Thank you. Sometimes I sing to my doggy. I just sing some goofy song to my dog, and then I talk for my dog. And my dog, instead of saying, oh, that was so beautiful. My daddy sings so wonderful. No, the dog is so honest. He said, I wish I hadn't heard that. <laughs> how, can, how can you unhear that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when God shows up, and when God moves by His Spirit, and when God answers prayer, and when God delivers, and when God sets free, people sit up and they take notice. Hallelujah. They sit up and they take notice. Hallelujah. They just sit up and they take notice. Every test becomes an opportunity to become a testimony. That's the glory of this. That's why He wants to build our faith and He wants to increase our discernment. Hallelujah. 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 Let me read you some quotes here before we finish this. And I'm almost done. There's no clock on the wall. Somebody took it down because they didn't want me to quit. And if you believe that, I've got some land in the Everglades that I'd love to, to sell you. This is what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, fear looks, faith jumps. Faith never fails to obtain its object. If I leave you as I found you, I'm not God's channel. I'm not here to entertain you, but to get you to the place where you can laugh at the impossible. I'm here to get you at the place where you can laugh at the impossible. <laughs> the devil said there's no way out. God can't do anything about this. This is too complex. This is, too, this is just too overwhelming. And you say, ha, 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 ha. You say what? Say what? What? Impossible? You, you can't be talking about God here. You're talking about me. You're talking about my limitations. You're talking about man and his weakness. You're not talking about God Almighty here. Mr. Wigglesworth said, I can get more out of God by believing Him for one minute than by shouting at Him all night. I don't want to take away from the place and power of prayer. But if agonizing in prayer is based on doubt and unbelief, and, oh God, if you don't do something, I don't know what we're going to do. No, that's, that's agony because of doubt. That's agony because of fear. That's afraid if I let up for one minute, God won't listen and God won't answer. It's all on me. And yet we have a God who said, Ask through Christ. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. This is not a reluctant God holding the door to see if you'll hold out. 
This is a God saying, call on me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. Call upon me and I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Believe it or not, he was just as flaky as our flesh is. Can you say man subject to like passions? That means he knew fear. That's why he ran into the cave and was going to die there rather than come out and face the wrath of Jezebel. God had to go get him out, pry him out. But he got him out. Isn't it a good God that will come in your cave of depression, your cave of doubt, and even your cave of fear, and begin to pull you out? (laughs) Don't pull back when He comes to pull you out. Don't wait for Him to pet you when He's come to pull you. Amen? If I'm ever in a deep hole over my head, don't come and stand on the bank of that deep hole and look down in it and see poor me down in there. And say, oh, Brother Venable, bless your heart. Bless your Lord, help him. Look at him down in the bottom of that hole. He can't get out. He's going to die sure shooting. Oh, bless his heart. Brother Venable, Brother Venable's in such bad shape. I can't wait to tell Sister Hoopendicker to pray for Brother Venable. Don't tell Sister Hoopendicker to pray for me. Throw me a rope. Can you say, man, throw me a rope. Come on, just throw me a rope. Somebody have enough faith and love and compassion to throw me what I need to help me get out of that hole. Thou hast lifted me. Thank God. David didn't just have God's sympathy or compassion. He had His help when He needed it. Thou hast lifted me from the miry clay. Thou hast put my feet on a rock. Thou hast given me a testimony. Can you say amen? The humble are going to hear about it. People in trouble are going to hear about it. People in a hole are going to hear about it. People that seem like there's no way out are going to hear about it. And they're going to take courage and they're going to be glad that there's a God in heaven that is compassionate and good and glorious hallelujah that still answers prayer today hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can get more out of God by believing him for one minute than by shouting at him all night that's what he said Someone else said, I've seen faith rise mountain high when the truth of God's present love and compassion begin to dawn upon minds and hearts of the people. It's not what God can do, but what we know He yearns to do that inspires faith. When you get a revelation of how much He loves you, it's easy to trust Him for your need. Amen. How excellent. We're teaching this on the radio right now. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, knowing that about God, His person, His unchanging character of compassion and love and grace and mercy, how excellent is thy hasid in the Hebrew. Thy loving kindness. If I could say it, hasid. you got to roll it out. My mouth is getting dry. Seed. Thy loving kindness is better than life. Hallelujah. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Listen, therefore the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They're stimulated to trust him by their knowledge of him. 
And when it says faith comes by hearing, it's not just promises initially. It's the person that we need to see. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end of our faith. He's the initiator of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not just believing that he can, but believing that he yearns to. That he wants to. You know why? He loves you. You know why, number two? He's glorified in the answer. Amen. Call upon the Lord, he shall deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify him. Isn't it the truth? When you get delivered, he gets glory. You give him the glory. People know it was God because they know it wasn't the doctor, it wasn't the lawyer, it wasn't the Indian chief. It was God that did it. God gets the glory. But if we stay in defeat and depression, God, it looks like God is unfaithful and His children are sheep without a shepherd. And believe me, your flesh and mine loves to glory in our hurt, our pain, in whatever is bugging us and bothering us. Saw a t-shirt the other day. It was green, but it had a deep green, big old frog on it. And it said, I wish I was a frog. Then I could eat what bugs me. Can you say amen? If we don't come to a place of trusting God, everything He supplied was in vain. If you don't come to Christ as your Savior, the blood that was supplied on Calvary will do you no good at the judgment. In fact, it itself will testify against you. Because God supplied the grace and mercy for your forgiveness and you refuse to repent and receive it. And that judgment's going to come. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 20. Everybody that's ever died is going to have to stand before the one they rejected. John said the sea gave up her dead. The ground gave up its dead. Did you know that everybody that's ever been born is going to live forever? All the dead, not just the Christian dead, are going to be raised. The Christian at the rapture, but the rest at the judgment called the great white throne. And next to the last two books of the book of Revelation. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before the Lord. And I saw the sea. Everybody that's been eaten by a shark at sea, shipwrecked and turned their bones and the bones turned to dust, they're coming back. They're going to stand the judgment. It's appointed unto man once to die, but that is not the end. But after this, the judgment. They are going to be alive in a body that God has prepared for them to stand before Him in. And the Bible said in the books were opened. That means everything we've ever done and everything we've ever said and every opportunity we ever had is in a book. No one can say God didn't love them enough to want to save them. No one can stand there and say God is unjust in their punishment. Because the books are going to be opened. And everyone who was not found in one book, the book of life... was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. This is the second death. 
And it doesn't mean annihilation. The lake of fire is defined as a place where living souls live forever. And they never die because your spirit can't be destroyed. It has to be contained in a prison. Amen. This is disconcerting. You don't hear it much. Because this is the feel-good generation. I'll go to church if you make me feel good. I'll go to church there if the music satisfies me. Honey, you better get above the music. You better get above what your flesh wants. You better get something that feeds your soul. You're going to die one day. And you're going to die alone. i got news for you. Somebody may be holding your hand. But when you die, you die by yourself. And you stand by yourself before God. I need the peace that comes through knowing that I know Him. I mean to make my calling and my election sure. Amen. After I die, there's no time to try to get it right. It's here. Today is the day of salvation. This is the accepted time. You know what that means? There'll never be a better day in your life. A better time in your life to, to know that you're saved in this day. Because God or nobody else can promise you tomorrow. It's amazing how the pendulum has swung today to the seriousness of what we're talking about. This is the me generation. And we've got preachers. I call them designer preachers. They, they fit the 21st century postmodern culture so that people can go to church and not feel convicted. They can go to heaven without confessing their sins. Amen. They don't feel, there's no fear of the Lord before their eyes. No fear of the Lord before their eyes. And we'll wait just a few minutes and maybe you can take the phone in the back room and work with it. And uh, we will work out here. It's just one of those things. I got a phone somewhere around here and it may ring. Hallelujah. It's okay. It's all right. We just, we just can't have it during the service. That's all. Hallelujah. Is that okay with you? We can't have it during the service and if you're bothered by that then there's just too many churches to go to can you say amen listen to me carefully this, see the serious part of the service what's happening there's where the interruptions come it's right down to the end when God's dealing with hearts and souls that desperately need salvation I preached too long not to attribute these things to an enemy. It's always at this part of the service. There are people here without commitment to Christ that want help from God. That need help from God. That can't get help from God. That live in a constant... I never did like... I, even when I was young and crazy, I didn't like roller coasters. I like going up, up, up. You know, it's kind of nice. You can see out over the carnival. You can look out and, you know, it's just easing up, up, up. 
Boy, that's neat. Until you crest the top and they turn that sucker loose. And you go down. Amen. Too many Christian lives. We go up, up, up on Sunday morning. And then we take our devotion, we take our faith, we take our commitment. We go out and the world hits us like it's going to hit you. They tell me that, that they don't have to slap newborn babies to get them to go <gasps> and start breathing on their own. They don't have to hold them up by their feet and whack them on the bottom. A lot of them are breathing okay without that. But one doctor said, but we slap them anyway. Because we want to give them a good idea of what to expect out in this world. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, the world going to slap you. The world going to try to slap me down. It's going to try to keep me down. It's going to try to get me to act, to react to it instead of act on God's Word. Hallelujah. You know what this day is, regardless of what predicament or pickle you may be in? This is the day the Lord has made. That means there's somebody in control. Somebody's on the throne. Somebody is omnipotent. Somebody is all-powerful. This is the day the Lord has made. And because He's in control, and He's not just the Lord, He happens to be my Lord. Can you say amen? He's not just a God. He's my God. And my God shall supply. My God has supplied. My God will supply. Everything that I need that pertains to life and godliness, He has put in Jesus and put Jesus in me. Christ in you. Not just the hope of glory alone, future, but power for the present. Grace for the present. Hallelujah. 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 Mr. Wigglesworth said there's something about believing God that will cause Him to pass over a million people to get to you. Wow. Let me give you some Bible for that so you know it's not a man just being hyper faith. Psalm 91. It's very clear. Hallelujah. Does anybody have the first verse that will read it so you know I'm not just twisting it, turning it? Somebody's going after Psalm 91.1. I'd go after it, but I had to put my glasses on and microphone down. And that, that takes up time. Hallelujah. Psalm 91.1. You know what Psalm 90 said leading up to that? What Psalm 91 gives you the benefit of what Psalm 90 starts with. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place. In all generations. We don't just run to you in trouble. We live in you all the time. So when trouble comes, we're already there. Hallelujah. Psalm 91.1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Hallelujah. And because of that dwelling 
Can you read a little more as we close? fortress my god in him i will trust surely he should deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge his truth shall be your shield and buckler you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrows that flyeth by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, at ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord... Stop right there a minute. I want you to hear this. Ten thousand have fallen. Somebody is believing and trusting in Him. Don't judge God's faithfulness by somebody else's lack of faith. Come on, just because somebody prayed and didn't get an answer don't mean that God won't answer you if you release your faith. Don't judge God by what's happening to you. Oh, but Brother Vimbo, they're so... Listen, you don't know their heart. And you certainly don't know their faith, where it really stands. I know many good godly people that don't have faith. They don't believe God. If the doctor says something, it is more influential in their life than anything God has said in His Word. Bless their hearts. It's the truth. I know people sitting in churches today that are not having their faith built up. They're not hearing a message that can build their faith. But they'd rather sit there out of their pride than to be here and hear the Word of faith that could deliver them and set them free. And you know I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Amen. And what are they going to do when they need God? And that big choir can't help them. And that big preacher can't help them. And that big church can't help them. Some of them depend on daddy and mama. I told my son the other day, I said, son, I've been praying for you ever since you went crazy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. When you follow the devil, when you leave home and get out from under your parents and get out from under God's control, you are crazy. I said, and I believe God hears my prayer. But there's a day coming, son. There's a time coming in your life when you got to believe God. you got to trust God. Hallelujah. Too many people are over-dependent on mama or daddy's intercession and under-dependent on the God that they say they know and love. Because thou hast made the Lord thy God. Can you finish that? This is why 10,000 are down and one is standing. It gets personal. It gets individual. Because you have made the Lord Who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place? No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Hallelujah. 
That was an individual. That was a personal reality. Can you say amen? 10,000 are defeated. 10,000 are destroyed. 10,000 are dead. But there's a man standing. God said, it's because you made me your dwelling place. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 I know people that run to God in trouble. There are atheists that run to a God they don't believe in in trouble. It shouldn't just be trouble that drives us to God. It should be love that draws us because He set His love on me. Hallelujah. 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 I'll deliver him. And I would have delivered them. Because as your faith be, so be it unto you. So I guard my faith. If somebody just wants to preach everything is wrong in the world, not what's right with God, I don't have time to hear it. I watch their lives. Their fruit withers on the vine. They have no joy. They have no peace. They just see demons and devils in every corner. They don't see the angels that God promised. Can you say amen? They see the defeat. They see the world in the mess it's in. They, 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 they would rather argue doctrine than act on the faith that is available to them so that they could have victory in their life. They'll bring you into that. There are people with a critical spirit, and they live to criticize everything that lives, breathes, and moves. I said to a man I worked with, I said, you know, the only way to escape criticism is to say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. He said, wrong. I said, what? He said, wrong. Then they'll criticize you for doing nothing, saying nothing, and being nothing. You can't get away. You can't get away from it. But I'm going to tell you this thing today. God loves you. And if you will love Him back for loving you, set your love upon Him. He said, you don't have to fear. Make Him your dwelling place. Make Him your dwelling place. If we could get all the alumni back to church, and if we could get all the religious crowd to want to grow their faith and believe God, Hallelujah. To begin to apply what He is so graciously supplied by faith. There's nobody in this room that God will put above any other person. The cross is the great equalizer. There's no rich, no poor, no bond, no free. No Jew, no Greek. No male, no female. No one has an edge. God loves us the same. But faith determines how much of what He supplied that can be applied to your life as your individual, personal faith be. Jesus said, so I'm going to back Him up and proclaim it without apology. So be it unto you. All things are possible with God? Absolutely. Easiest part of faith. 
And all things are equally impossible. All things are possible with him that believeth. And if thou canst believe, all things are possible unto thee. And when you pray, believe that you receive. Hallelujah. You know what David said? I think it's Psalm 57. I won't have you read it, but you can do that for homework or find it, wherever it is. You know what he said? He said, the day, he said, when I pray, that means the day he prays. When I pray, when I pray, when I pray, it doesn't happen. I don't wait to see if it's going to happen. I don't wait to see if God is going to defend me. I don't wait to see if my enemies are going to lose against me. When I pray, the moment I'm praying, while I'm praying, when I pray, my enemies turn back. This one thing I know, that's why he could believe when he prayed. It's what he knew about God. This one thing I know to have that kind of faith. This one thing I know. No if and but or maybe. God is for me. Hallelujah. And what did Paul say about that? While we're closing, this is a good closure. Good segue into closing. What more shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us and prevail? Can you say amen? Do you know God is for you today? Hallelujah, then you can believe when you pray. (laughs) Woo! Instead of saying, well, I'm going to pray and see what happens. You ought to pray and know what's going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 What a mighty, matchless, wonderful, powerful God that we serve today. In Christ and through Christ has supplied everything that pertains to life and godliness today. How many understand it's up to you and I to apply what grace and mercy has supplied for us? And without applying it, it cannot help us. By faith, by grace you are saved. God supplied that through the blood of Christ, the gift of His Son. Through faith, whose faith is necessary, as many as believed on Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. As many as did what? Just got saved by virtue of His blood being shed. No, as many as believed on Him. There's one name given under heaven unto men by which we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. There's one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? It's not a spirit of anti-religion. It's not a spirit of anti-God. It's a spirit of anti-Christ that is at work that day unto this very day. So, as for me in my house... I don't just watch what I watch. I watch what I listen. It's what I hear. And when I hear something that isn't according to the Word, I turn it off. 
Don't you understand, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, is that close? It's not about how close they are to God or not close. I don't know that, and you don't know it either. What I do know is what the Word says and what they're saying. And I just determined to let God be true. And let every man without exception, including me, become the liar. Can you say, man, let God be true and you'll never miss it. And your faith will grow exceedingly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Lord has instructed me to teach people to believe when they pray. Not to pray and wait and see. Not to pray and then try to believe after you pray. Because that's really another form of waiting to see what's going to happen. But to believe when you pray. And David had that revelation and that realization. When I pray, my enemies turn back. Because I know something. God is for me. And the God that's for me is going to hear me. And the God that hears is going to help. (laughs) Hallelujah. So my enemies lose before the battle starts. Because I have prayed before the battle starts. Can you say man? Hallelujah. How many want your faith to grow so that you can receive? Praise God. We're in the day of the running to and fro. According to the book of Daniel. When they say, lo, he is here. Lo, he is there. Don't go. Amen. We're not just talking about transportation, airplanes and boats and rocket ships. And we're talking about some will say, lo, he's here. Some will say, lo, he's there. Can you say, man, don't go after them. But where the carcass is, that's where the eagles are going to gather. Amen. There is a real, there is a genuine, there is a truth that God will back up, God will confirm, and God will honor with His presence and His power. Because it's all wrapped up in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The way, the truth, and the life. Will you stand your feet today? Let's give Him some praise before we go home.